the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, 5'2". It's all I need, yeah. And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Thank you, indeedy. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight as we're rolling into this weekend. Coming off a holiday weekend and uh, Memorial Day. And I certainly said after I went and witnessed my godson take the oath at the Navy Academy and dedicate the next 13 or so years of his life, I said that this debt deal is not what this hero and the 1,100 others took the oath for. We're going to talk about the Air Force Academy debacle that was today a little bit later. But i got to kick off the hour with Congressman Biggs, who has joined me and about 70 others, maybe not as, as ferociously as Congressman Biggs has spoken out against the debt deal, but over 70 Republicans voted against it yesterday. So why is McCarthy... Why is he taking a victory lap? Before we bring in Congressman Biggs, I got to bring in my partner here in crime every night of the week, and then we're going to play for Congressman Biggs a little something McCarthy had to say today. But my brother from another mother. Yeah, yeah, I don't need an introduction. Let's just play the stooge. Yeah. (laughs) Let's play Shemp. He's not even good enough to be Mo. Oh, no, don't don't call him Mo. (laughs) Here is McCarthy clip eight. I wanted to make history. I wanted to do something no other Congress has done. That we would literally turn the ship. That for the first time, in quite some time, we'd spend less than we spent the year before. Tonight, we all made history. Because this is the biggest cut and savings this Congress has ever voted for. And it's not that we're just voting for it. This is going to be law. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you for being here on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Your response to McCarthy and this debt deal. Yeah, well, it's good to be with you, Andrea. I wish you were talking about something more pleasant, but um, everything he said there, the only thing it's going to make history for is by, by the, the total amount of prevarication that came out of his mouth right there. I mean, I, I mean, I could, I'll just take it right now. $4 trillion dollars. In national debt. That's the increase that will go in less than two years because of his plan. When he says it's going to reduce uh, uh, spending, that's not true. He's, he's going to reduce the acceleration and growth if that's if that's even true. What he's going to do, the best you got here is you have something close to a two-year freeze, but it's not even uh, a low. You didn't lower the levels back to pre-COVID. You're still having the extraordinarily high levels that went up 40% in just two or three years. So, so when he says that, even the CBO base, base is saying, yeah, it might, you might save $1.3 trillion over 10 years, but that's only if Congress hits all of their targets 
after the first two years, which are mandatory. The, they, several days ago, a CBO put out a score saying uh, it was going to be $2.1 trillion savings. But by the time they were done and people actually saw the language, that $2.1 trillion evaporated. And then they came up with another $1.3. But that, that's ephemeral as well. And what he, McCarthy's not talking about is the fact that a couple of things. Number one, he's, he's left all of the Green New Deal funding in place. Didn't take back any of that. He's left the IRS funding all in place except for about two, well, about 3%. Let's give him 3%. And there's, no, there's nothing in that language that says you can't hire IRS agents, even right now. If they, the fact that they haven't hired very many is, is more of an operation of getting it, the program up and going and paperwork and slow walking it the way government does. I, I'm just telling you, we could go through uh, line item after line item in that budget. I mean, this thing he calls administrative pay go, that was supposed to be $1.5 that, that That goes, it's really zero because the... Uh, well, the language in the PAYGO gives uh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, gives yeah, somebody... Director, director, yeah, director of OMB. Gives the director of OMB the opportunity. He can waive the yeah. PAYGO anytime he wants with smoke and mirrors. They're trying to yeah. act as though that the debt ceiling has been suspended, but it's actually been completely lifted. Joe Biden can technically spend whatever he wants throughout the rest of his term in office with this bill. And you didn't even like the original bill that was passed by the House. I've posted uh, in, uh, Congressman Biggs's op-ed from Town Hall on my uh, Facebook page in which you go into detail about the original plan had uh, uh, um, uh, approximately $131 billion in rescissions and almost um, savings of approximately $131 billion. They cut that down to nine. Um, uh, The original bill, and you didn't even like that one, had rescissions of almost $900 billion. This one has rescissions of only $29 billion. I mean, basically, Rand Paul is right. There's absolutely nothing conservative in this bill. And in fact, it's even worse. We we might as well have just given them the clean, open-ended debt deal that they originally wanted. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, when you think about it, and, and, and... What's so disingenuous is everything Kevin's saying, oh, yeah, we, we did this, we, this is record. Let's talk about the $29 billion uh, in rescissions. First of all, um, they're going to take 22.8 of that, those rescission dollars, $22.8 billion of it, and they're going to put that in a Department of Commerce fund that sits there. And what are they going to do? <laughs> oh, they're they're going to take that money and use it to get around the spending caps that are supposedly going to be in place for two years. So how is that, that a rescission? Is, it's basically just taking it from one account and giving it to another. It's, it's not a rescission. Right. A rescission is where you would take it back yeah. and put it into the Treasury. But that's not what they're doing. Uh, it's I, it's I mean, all lies. It's all lies. And basically, you said today yeah. that basically McCarthy has, has formed a coalition with the Democrats. Yeah, that's right. That's my that's my question. So you basically blew up the coalition that had worked for about three or four months trying to do some good stuff. And now you said we're going with the Democrats. And 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 here's the other disingenuous thing they said. They would say the Democrats didn't get anything out of this. Well, good grief. Do they not talk to rank and file Democrats? I do. And they couldn't wait. They were licking their chops. They, their leadership told them, you cannot come out and support this publicly. You've got to criticize it. Otherwise, the Republicans will, will wise up. 
But of course, they weren't going to wise up. You, well, that's how stupid you, they think we, we voters are, right? They think we're they yeah. think we're not smart enough to see yeah. the game that's being played. That if a couple, some Democrats come back and yammer and complain against it, that you know we can we can be forced to we can think that the, somehow was a compromise. And gee, and I'm hearing that even from so called conservatives. Oh, you know what? That, that you know when you've got a divided Congress, you've got a compromise. This isn't compromise. This isn't compromise. No. We've given them we've given them everything that they want. We we now have a baseline of spending that was post COVID when we no longer got COVID, unlimited debt spending. Yep. And my yep. question is why you know why I, I'm disappointed to hear Chip Roy say that well we at least Kevin McCarthy negotiated in good faith and there's no reason to pull the trigger on vacating the chair. Um, there are a lot of people that, that don't share that sentiment. I, I personally don't think he negotiated in good faith. No. Um, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, when talking to my Democrat friends, and here's the, here's the other kicker. You had more Democrats vote for it than you had Republicans vote for it. I mean, think what that tells you. That should be telling you everything you need to know. This isn't a bipartisan thing. Uh, this is a flat-out uh, tail-kicking and as, uh, you know, Nancy Mace said, she said, we just got our tail kicked by a guy who can't even find his pants. Right. And that's that's really what's ha- what happened here. And I, I, I mean, I can't tell you. Last night, uh, while we were waiting for the vote, I was uh, with a, a, a hardliner like me and some Democrats walk up that we know, you know, we chit chat. And, and they said, hey, we will never let you negotiate on a car deal because obviously you're going to come back and the car's going to actually go up in price instead of down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This so, is, this uh, is, I mean, there's, even if it was in good faith, you don't leave, let's say it was in good faith and the guy is just a complete idiot and clown, right? Who I wouldn't let negotiate anything for me. I mean, I was working better car deals when I bought my first car at 17, <laughs> right? I mean, I, then it, at, at best case, he's completely incompetent. And is you your statement last night that I read on air about you you know with a car going off the cliff at seventy five miles an hour is accurate and he has driven this country off the cliff at seventy five miles per hour I think that there must be a vacate the chair I mean wasn't that the whole point and wasn't that yeah. the whole point of all these rules that we're going to have some checks and balances we're going to have some accountability that if Kevin McCarthy doesn't do uh, you know after all these votes and the heroes of the 20 people that stood up and said you're not going to automatically get my vote you got to earn it and now Chip Roy who was one of the leaders in that is like oh I think he negotiated in good faith what I think I think uh, what where do we stand with vacate the chair well okay so vacate the chair is uh, this is why I never hug my hat on it because um, other Democrats mm-hmm. I talked to, they're, they're not going to. Why would a Democrat vote to vacate the chair? Because here's the deal: they're not going to get Hakeem Jeffries to be the, the speaker, right? True. So, so to them, Kevin McCarthy's the next best thing to Hakeem Jeffries. We he, they just proved it. Yeah. So, so you you'll get a handful of Republicans. Somebody's probably going to make a motion to vacate. When and who I don't know, but when that comes. There's, there's just not going to. There's going to be a handful of Republican votes that that, that do it. But he, what they're going to do is, what, when I say they, what Republican leadership is going to do, they're going to be moved to table it. And I think that move to table wins overwhelmingly. But because you're going to have Democrats that want to table it, and you're going to have Republicans that want to table it. So he has solidified and, his power by coalescing with the Democrats. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's my point. That's why I was saying, did, did you? 
did he, did he form? And that's why I kept telling people, I'm really much more concerned. Did he form a new coalition with the yes. Democrats? And to me, I think he did. Yeah. And now, and there's one other thing that people aren't really honing in on, but he's hosed us for 2024 because mm-hmm. uh, the base is, is is crying out saying, well, why should we trust Republicans anymore? But by by sticking this thing out past 2024 election in in January 2025, before this comes due, you've taken that as an issue off the table. And that's one of the strongest issues Republicans have typically had. Now, we're not going to have it anymore because no. of this. But typically, we had the, the great um, political deal where people of both parties and independents in particular believed Republicans handled uh, spending the economy better than Democrats. And um, and this is going to actually accelerate inflation. Mm-hmm. And and now we're not going to be able to say that, you know, we're, we're trying to fight inflation by reducing taxes and regulatory burden and and reinvigorate our economy. The Republican the, the Republican yeah. Party now owns the inflation. Yeah, that's right. We we flipped the, the narrative on its head. Yes. Last night. Yep. Um, and when I say we, I use that loosely. I, I mean, the Republicans in Congress. And, and that's really a problem that will be uh, have a long lasting political problem for us. Uh, um, you know, Rand Paul says that he wants to, you know, replace it with something else. I mean, I, you know what? This is going to pass. Rand Paul no, can put pass. Rand Paul can put forth whatever he wants. Yes, but it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you're going to have probably 50, at least 12 to 15 Republican senators will vote for this plan. Uh, I'm hoping that you can get 30 Republican senators to say no way. I'm hoping, but it's going to pass. So, well, um, all right. What is there any other good news we can talk about? Oh no, the border border is still wide open. Gee, um, okay. Yeah, border <laughs> inflation, uh, energy dependent. I mean, uh, you, you you can just keep going, and yeah, we got we well. Got let's problems. let me ask you this real quick. Shifting gears, we're talking to Congressman Andy Biggs. So Christopher Ray. Uh, Comer played a little oh, played a little game with him and basically pretended he had already seen well, well pretended or not. Uh, Comer came out today and said that that Christopher Ray would not have admitted that this document existed documenting Joe Biden's crimes and, and bribery scheme to the tune of five million dollars had Comer not said to him, "Look, I've already seen it." And so Ray is offered for Comer to go and see it, but it's going to be redacted. Long story short, he is now drafting articles of holding uh, Christopher Ray uh, you know, under contempt of Congress. But he flew on a jet to Vegas. He's not worried at all. Um, you know, Christopher Ray's excuse is none of this happened while he was director of the FBI, as though he has no responsibility to anything that happens under under the department now. Um, what are your thoughts on that situation? Well, first of all, um, um, I, I happen to know uh, people in, um, in Congress who have seen the document purportedly. Okay. So that's number, that's number one. Number two, um, I'm on the committee and we're going to be, my understanding is we're going to be voting on a contempt uh, uh, citation in committee this week. And if we do, then I would expect McCarthy trying to get back in the good graces of the base, we'll take that to the floor. Now, but what, what, what people need to understand is we, we're going to, uh, that's going to pass, I believe, mm-hmm. out of the House. Um, 
but it 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 won't go to this it won't go to um It'll go to Mary Garland. Well, yeah, it doesn't have any teeth because we don't have any power to prosecute. And Eric Holder was found in contempt of Congress at one point. And, you know, it didn't. He just laughed it off. Yeah, he laughed it off. So Christopher Ray is, you know, laughing at everybody, sipping his free cocktails, playing the nickel slots tonight in Vegas. And there you have it. So. Well, and this is this is the problem. He should. We we should have used the leverage of the debt ceiling and the upcoming yep. budget to, to, to take away their funding, reduce their funding, yeah. hit them where they live. I mean, that's really what you do. And they would cry and they'd say, oh, you're defunding the police, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, um, if if you don't exercise that check, then there is no check on these bureaucratic agencies. Ooh, that that is excellent. Uh, that should be in a commercial. That should be on a bumper sticker. Excellent. Final. I'm, I'm going jumping back and forth between the budget deal and and Ray. But a lot of people were shocked and really disappointed with MTG, uh, Massey, and Jordan going along with this debt deal. Your thoughts on that? What do people need to need to be thinking about that? I know what I think about it. Um, they need to form their own opinion about it. Um, uh, I, I look. I. I, she says, I here, wait, here's, let me, let me ask it this way. She says the only reason, reason why she went along with it is because there was provisions in there that made it possible for them through appropriations to continue to do their investigations of the Biden family. That's not true. That's not true. That's what I thought. Look, I read, I read the bill twice. Okay. I mean, went through it. Uh, I, I, I got analysts to explain to me what they thought it meant. I got my staff. We talked to other people's staff. No. Okay. No, that's what I thought. No, we we're going to keep doing investigations with or without that debt ceiling provision. That's 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 just crazy talk. Okay, that's crazy talk. Well, you're the only one talking some sanity, Congressman Biggs. That's why you're our favorite, and quite frankly, the only one I ever invite on my show. So, <laughs> well, I'm flattered. <laughs> I'm flattered, and I always love to coming on, Andrea. Well, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Keep up the good fight, my man. God bless. I will. All right, take it easy. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Who got sandbagged at the Air Force Academy graduation tonight? (laughs) God bless America. Stay tuned. Dynamite in a dress or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, y'all might, if you're first time here on the Andrea K. Show, welcome. Glad to have you here. Um, you guys have been with me a while. Know that uh, as I was heading back to the Naval Academy graduation and commissioning ceremony, initially the website said Joe Biden was going to be speaking. And I thought, oh my gosh, how much do I love Woodrow? <laughs> That I'm going to go back and sit there and listen to Joe Biden speak. And it was like, whew, when we found out that it switched and Biden was going to the Air Force Academy and Secretary of Defense, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was going to be speaking. It ended up being a great speech. And then today, how prescient was I? Because it was quite the disaster for Joe Biden at the Air Force Academy today. And not just the fact that he took a face plant on the stage and which, you know, is um, uh, 
Look, I don't know how I would have reacted in person. Um, I didn't really laugh today. I laughed at some of the comments about it. I, it's not really my style to laugh at somebody who falls and, you know, it, you know, publicly, because haven't we all tripped and look silly doing it? And I can't imagine doing it on that kind of a public stage. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, this is coming at a time when um, we got an election coming up. Polling is showing that the majority of the country thinks he's way too old and has a dementia problem, right? So this is not just, you know, like an average American, you know, tripping over a crack on the sidewalk because they're walking too fast down the street, right? Um, this is the commander in chief who's supposed to be the most powerful human. Looked so weak. And he just looks frail, right? I mean, Skins, we were talking about it. I mean, we all trip. But if I were to trip over a sandbag and, and in heels, I, I, you know, I've got the ability to catch myself. It doesn't automatically You'd make recover me, and most likely wouldn't hit the ground. Most likely not hit the ground. And then if it hit the ground, unless the Spanx... You dust the, yourself off. Well, yeah, unless the Spanx are so tight and I'm in a dress and then it's like awkward and you're trying to get up without showing... Yeah. <laughs> You ladies know what I'm talking about. If you fall in a skirt and you're like, that's when it's awkward to try to get up because you're trying not to show your parts to the world when you're getting up. But if you're in pants, you shouldn't need four or five people to help you up. And here's the reality is this is not just an average American, just, you know, normal human condition where we all trip. Something's in our way. We all do it. We all do it. Everybody knows that that's not what this was about. And oh, by the way, later on, he hit his head in a helicopter. Right. And this is not any he's falling all the time. He's falling upstairs. He's flying, falling downstairs to the degree to where the the uh, a Pew Research. um, It was uh, just Monday. Washington Post had a focus group um, uh, um, that was conducted by the research firms Engageus and Sago, whoever they are. I'm sure I'm just completely mispronouncing the names. And there were terrible assessments from the voters on his physical abilities as well as his mental health. Um, swing state or swing state voters in the group called the 80 year old president too old and speculated about his, um, mental abilities. There was a Yahoo YouGov poll recently where the majority of the Americans said he was either very, uh, they were either very or somewhat concerned about his abilities. Um, and, you know, today the lefties were all trying to defend him by saying he's 80 years old. Well, we know he's 80. That's the point. And don't be adding me saying that Donald Trump is the same age or will be, because when was the last time you saw Trump fall anywhere? You don't see it. You just don't see it. Doesn't look his age at all. No, no. Here's what Sarah Palin had to say about it today in an interview with Kimberly uh, Guilfoyle, clip 10. So first, I want to get your reaction to Biden's fall and just how awful and really it was painful to watch and to see all this is quite sad. Yes, that's what I was going to say is it's painful to watch. And yet, Kimberly, so indicative of so many things that are so wrong with this whole scenario that we see unfolding of um, they shoving Biden back out there to run again. You know, he needs to be in the race so that he can keep himself and the corrupt members of his family out of jail. So I think that's his mission. He's got to stay in there for, mm-hmm. for that reason. But I consider it elder abuse that he has family members, his wife shoving him out there physically, literally telling him to get out there and cognitively and physically, he can't do the job. And it's just really sad to watch. 
do you agree with that assessment? I don't feel like I owe him sympathy. I don't feel like we have to, as conservatives, you know, take the sympathy route when discussing something like this. Do you do you feel like it's elder? I mean, it abuse? depends. It depends how with it he is. He could very easily be talked into doing something. I mean, I think that the, I think that the Democrats have been indicating that they want him out, and he's the one refusing to go. I think his ego. I think he loves that. I think it's not just about protecting Hunter because I think he knows the FBI and the DOJ is squarely in the tank for the Democrats and they, he does not have to worry about any prosecution and, and if he does it's, it, it's only because the Democrats want him out they're not shoving him to run again they'll, they'll shove him out under threat of prosecution of Hunter Biden and I think they clearly want somebody besides him to run I think that's why you see the left media speaking up more critically against him and even doing reports about like and, and even like that left-leaning reporter um, busting Kirby yesterday about the reports about Joe Biden. I think the left and uh, I think the left wants him out. I don't think they're shoving him to run again. I think they know that there's no way he got 81 million votes in 2020. There's no way they can try to try, try to prop him up and think that he's going to they're going to be because it's like you said, it's it, 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 they can't steal it if it's not close. And there's no way that they can get close with him. Absolutely no way whatsoever. You want an example? Here's an example why. Because we don't have COVID that, that they can use as an excuse to hide him out. This is the kind of crap he says. Clip 11. By the way, I met with uh, who are those guys that fly over shortly. You heard of them, haven't you? Three of them are women. How anybody's clapping around, at that? Guys. How creepy. Yeah. First of all, he does. I, I, I'm assuming he's talking about the Thunderbirds because, like at, at Navy Academy, we had the Blue Angels fly over. I, is that that must be who he's talking about, right? So. It's got to be talking about the Thunderbirds. Who are those guys who fly over? Three. By the way, I met with uh, who are those guys that fly over shortly. You heard of them, haven't you? Three of them are women. Three of them are women. That's just oh, <laughs> clap. I mean, they got to clap. I mean, that's commander in chief. They're sitting there in uniform. They don't have any choice. And, you know, not to mention the fact that they're 20 year old little horned dogs. Okay, can we be honest? (laughs) You know, oh, you you mentioned women. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, Air Force, Navy wouldn't act that way. Anyway, um, just the man has no cognitive ability. This is not the Democrats are not shoving him to run again. I don't agree with Sarah Palin's assessment there. Absolutely not. Uh, Here's another example. Clip 14. I met in the Oval Office, in my office, with 12 leading, no, excuse me, eight leading scientists in the area of AI. Some are very worried that AI can actually overtake human thinking and planning. So we got a lot to deal with. Um, it, it just, I mean, he, he didn't jumble his words up much there, but he was just such a struggle reading from a prompter. There's no way that he can compete against Trump or anybody in 2024. And by the way, speaking of AI, um, this is some dangerous stuff. I, I found out uh, that somebody that I know's grown son has had to be hospitalized, had a complete mental breakdown because he got into something involving AI and lost his ability to know reality from fantasy this is a very very real real situation i think there needs to be regulation on this this is very dangerous territory 
yeah, this is dangerous territory. Um, I saw it at, 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 on the Chiron, the lower third. I didn't have volume up, and I need to research it. There was a uh, story being run on a local news station here, NBC7, about uh, some AI chat thing that was giving harmful responses to a health situation. I think it might have been having to do with diabetes. And you know, and this is not the first time I've heard of something like that either. Yeah. So we know that there was a report of a British man who started conversing with an an AI bot and it ended up where the AI bot was telling him that he needed to kill himself in order to save the planet. And he did. So I know that there's lots of people excited about artificial intelligence. What do you guys think about it? We're going to take a break. I'm not excited about it at all. Right, do you guys think it's dangerous or do you see it as, as just another advancement of technology that you think is for the good? Because I know some people that think that way. 888-344-1170. We're going to take a break. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. And welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, really sad, potentially sad news. There's no way for us to uh, verify this, but uh, Jamie Foxx has not been seen in public since he was hospitalized, uh, supposedly from a blood clot in his brain. Uh, there were a lot of questions and rumors circulating as to whether or not he was going to recover or what the extent of his situation was. His daughter had come out and said, oh, no, my dad's recovering fine. We played pickleball yesterday. Well, A.J. Benza was on uh, with Dr. Drew and said that he is um, partially paralyzed and blind at this point, which is, if true, this is really, really sad news. Even sadder, given that according to A.J. Benza, uh, he he got this blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. And he didn't want to get the shot, but the movie was on. He was pressured to get it. The movie is uh, back in action. They are now going to be using a body double in place. Clearly, if what his daughter was saying was true, that he's back playing playing pickleball and he's recovering just fine he'd be back on the movie set they wouldn't have to be using a double so uh, we can't know like i said the extent of you know this this is supposedly somebody from close inside jamie fox's circle that aj benza has gotten this information and it's just really sad and if it's true it's another case of i mean think about it andrea i mean he's 55 years old and again yeah we don't know but this is becoming a regular pattern well, either, yeah, uh, myocarditis, from myocarditis to, uh, you know, we know children and others have just, there There have been too many reports of people, sudden adult death syndrome. We now have to have, for the first time, I think our hospitals have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They have systems set up to treat heart disease and heart issues in babies to the degree that they've never had to do before. This is, and it's all as a result of, of these shots and they were pushed out quickly and without the proper testing, you can go back and look and see Fauci talking years ago that it takes about 14 years to properly safely, if then bring shots to market. And this, this was shoved out on people and, and, um, and then immediately the cover up began to try to cover up the truth about these shots and you just don't do this. And, you know, and, and then what happens is when the government's caught doing something, instead of admitting it, they want to double down on it. And the reality is, since the pharma, since big pharma has no, no, you know, 
they can't be sued. They were given legal immunity. There's no reason why we're continuing to shove these shots on people. It has gotten, uh, it's, it's now, the war has been declared. I don't know if it was Trump today or DeSantis who said it's war, but it's, it's on between the two of them today. It went back and forth. Trump was in Iowa. He got a hero's welcome in Iowa. A lot of cheers. Uh, he was asked a question about the shots. And, um, And I'm curious whether or not you guys think, I'm not sure if this clip gives the entire answer of what he said. Uh, It gives partial of the answer, but it's enough. It's enough. Clip 12. Yeah, well, you know, everybody wanted a vaccine at that time. And I was able to do something that nobody else could have done, getting it done very, very rapidly. But I never was for mandates. I was I thought the mandates were terrible. And, and you know, there's a big portion of the country that thinks that was a great thing. You understand that not a lot of the people in this room, but there's a big but there is a big portion. I- um, I think that was a, a decent answer. It wasn't bad. Let me read you because you couldn't really hear what the woman's question was. She says, what would you do different as RNC member? He actually would be the head of the Republican Party. She says, we have lost people because you supported the jab. So she just called him out on it. And he responded without anger. Uh, um, somebody said, what, what were you thinking? And he said, well, you know, everybody wanted a vaccine at the time. And that's true. And he said, I was able to do something nobody else would have done. And this is, and, and, he, and he can turn that into a positive by saying, look, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't sit in a lab with a microscope, right? That's what the CDC is for, the NIH and the NIAID. I trusted these people. I did my job as the chief executive to fulfill a demand. The demand was we need to get these shots out there for people. And I made sure it happened with the public-private partnerships that I did in coordination. And and I got it delivered faster than anybody would. That doesn't mean that. And then he goes on to say, uh, I was against the mandates. And then he goes on to say, you know, half the country thinks that what I did was a good thing. And that's true. So he's in a really sticky position because, uh, you know, many conservatives like myself think that there were many mistakes that were made. I think that they shouldn't have been rolled out that quickly. I do think he trusted the science, because you know what, they they were telling him, no doubt, look, we've been working on this for many, 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 many years. We just need the we just need these things in place for us to get it out there because and, 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 and it will work. He, you know, had, he trusted the people around him. Right. And he was against the mandates. I think his mistake was once issues COVID got passed, we got past the worst of it. And, the, you know, issues with the shots came about. He needed to recognize that he needed to say, look, I'm glad I got him out there. I'm aware he's right to say many of the country thinks that what I did was a great job. And that was great. They love the shots. He needs to say, I'm aware, though, that there are many people that have concerns and I and when I become president, I call on investigations as to their safety. And if there's any issues and it needs to be pulled from market, I will be expecting them to be pulled from market. Where he really went off the rails was him saying this clip three. Why, why did you feel unable to fire factions? Well, it wasn't that. First of all, you're not allowed to because of the way it works, uh, the civil service stuff and all of that. 
He was asked why he didn't fire Fauci, and he said, first of all, that's not the way civil service works. It is the way civil service works. There is not one person in the federal government that Donald J. Trump could not fire. Works for the government. You can can him. Yep. How do I know? My mother worked for the civil service for 40 years. Little things called civil service. Now, she couldn't fire anybody who necessarily worked for her, but she wasn't POTUS. We're going to take a break. We come back and we're going to play a little clip, a few little clips from uh, the Big D who's coming at Trump over COVID. Only the interwebs, DeSantis, have a long memory. Stay tuned. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Okay, you guys. <laughs> so I'm so immature. <laughs> I just saw this video. I was telling skins. I probably should I hope this isn't disqualifying. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell you guys that this is how immature I am, and I'm still giggling over it. There was a video that somebody did where it shows Trump swinging a golf club and then hitting a ball, and the ball hits Biden in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes him fall at the Air Force Academy. <laughs> okay, back to my show. Sean from San Marcos is on the line. He wants to talk about Trump and the debt ceiling. Hello, Sean. Um, yeah, uh, that sounds like a good. I'll have to check that video out. That sounds <laughs> so good. That funny. Sounds like right on, right on target. Right, right on target. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, you know, um, I was thinking about the debt ceiling, and my honest opinion is that as the government's been handled the last, I don't know how long, Mm -hmm. it's a mafia government. I mean, it's controlled like the mafia did back in the 60s on through. They come in, they they tell people, hey, this is the way you're going to do. If you don't like it, this is what we're going to do. So, you know, I feel like a lot of like uh, Green, Mrs. Green, you know, she flipped last moment and some other yeah. uh, conservatives flipped because I think they're getting pressured, you know, made in ways that we don't understand and we can't see. Um, and, you know, a lot of it could be uh, for the next election. Hey, we, you know, Democrats are threatening saying, Hey, you want to stay on board with us? This is how we want you to play. Well, I certainly uh, think a- that I certainly think that a lot of the Republicans um, were like, well, you know, pr- pretending that they're interested in a Biden in- investigation or the Clinton investigation over the Clinton Foundation and beyond, when the reality is, is their hands are just as dirty. And, you know, we, there is still a, a, a fund set up using taxpayers' money to pay off sexual harassment claims. So, you know, there's just a whole lot of dirty. It's not just Democrats, right. Congress people that go to Washington with no assets, no money, making 150 right. a year and end up worth $20 million, right? right. What did you want to say right. before we run out of time? Anything you wanted to say about oh. Trump's comments in Iowa about the shots and about Fauci? Well, I, you know, I think he's on the right track, and I think that people just need to support him. He is not a, a full-on politician like, yeah. And he's just doing what he can do. And then he's got an ego. I think we need to look over that and just support him. 
I think uh, what he needs to do, Sean, what I think that that uh, the reason why he's being asked these questions is that that he his Achilles heel, his greatest mistakes were uh, in his personnel choices. And in part and in part, that's because he went there with no machine and he was reliant on the Uniparty and the establishment Republicans right, to help him fill right, seats. Right, right. right. I think what he needs to do now is I think he needs to come forth and say, remember how um, and I wish this was my idea, but I heard somebody say it today. I don't remember who it was or I give him credit. But um, he said, look, remember when he came out in 2016 and he said, here's who I would nominate for the Supreme Court. And that well, yeah. established him a lot of good creds. Uh, I think he right. should come out and say, here's who I would nominate to re- to replace Christopher Ray at the right, FBI, right. to be the attorney general, right, to uh, right, uh, to right. be my chief of staff. Be specific. Right. And, and, more it, specific and it right. would go a long right. way in reassuring people uh, what his plan will be to drain the swamp. Sean, thanks for calling right. in. Appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Take okay, it easy. Good night. What do you think about that idea, Skins? Do you think uh, I, I think he should put forth a list? It's something that W did back in uh, during the whole Bush v. Gore situation, um, as they were as Bush was waiting for the results to come out. He started naming his cabinet. He had the at the ranch. He had Colin Powell, as Secretary of State, come and because um, they were still it might put people's mind at ease that he's actually surrounding himself with the right people. It, it would be a way of him saying I made a mistake. Without saying, having to say, I made a mistake to just declare who, here's who my cabinet would be. And it would indicate that he's serious about, um, about getting some of the results, uh, that, you know, he's, he's claiming he's going to get. Because the number one concern that I hear from people that are looking at DeSantis and looking away from Trump is personnel decisions. From Jeff Sessions, from the fact that he didn't fire Comey day one, from the fact that he didn't, you know, Jeff Sessions is AG, then he put in Bill Barr, um, Comey, I mean, uh, Christopher Ray, and, and, and beyond. Um, I, I I think Mike Pompeo was decent at state. I don't think he made any major hiccups. I don't think he really advanced. You know, I think it's, it, a, it's a great idea. Yeah, that that's what I think. We don't really have a whole lot of time. Um, I think we've got time to play this one clip from DeSantis. Clip two. I don't care what they say about me in terms of name calling. Although you know, I would say he needs to call me a winner because we've won in Florida over and over again. <laughs> I don't care about any of that. But I think it is a distraction, and I think it turns off the voters. How are we going to be able to win independent voters in New Hampshire um, and other key states uh, if we're going to be engaged in that type of um, that type of back and forth? I think the voters are sick of it. I think they want to hear about the problems right. facing the country and how you can deliver results for them. Um, I I might agree with you on this, DeSantis, except for the fact that, I, and I do hear from some people that they're kind of tired of that, that, you know, they want Trump to focus on the issues. On the same token, I don't know of anybody, am I going to vote for Joe Biden? Because again, it's kind of like the mean tweets things. You know, I have to think about who's the best person to run this country. And by the way, DeSantis, you know, the, the, la- the lack of name calling doesn't mean that you're still treating somebody verbally respectfully you can be just as nasty like you were to report to a reporter today with are you blind are you blind just as nasty and just as ugly as if you had name called him we're gonna take a break we come back hour two on its way why is san diego stuck in may gray we're gonna talk to dane wigington about it when we return don't go away (laughs) 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.